0: This is Wayne.
1: And I'm Andrew.
0: I've been working on a new theme song for the podcast. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've just, uh, you know, I've been working some things out and uh, I just, you know, I want to preview a little bit of it for you.
1: Well, I mean, it has to be pretty good because that one by, by by Pope, that's that's really good, the one we have now. It's excellent. Well,
0: yeah, but I think you'll you'll
1: recognize,
0: you know, I, I think this is a little bit inspired. Uh, so I'm just going to try it out. A little bit for you, okay? Okay. All right, all right, all right. Funny books with Aaron and Polly. What do you think? (laughs) Sounds sounds familiar. That tune, it's I swear I've heard that tune before. I I got it got in my head the other day. I'm like, why why is this happening? (laughs)
2: Well, everyone yeah, was Internet. expecting singing. I, 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 thought, I thought I thought you had the Casio in front of you or something. Uh, <laughs> there could are. definitely be worse things to have stuck
3: in your head because uh, I have "Meatloaf, I would do anything for love" stuck in my head since yesterday. Oh no! It, but yeah. you won't do that. That's the important yeah. thing
0: because that's because that's Wayne telling you he doesn't drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do anything for love, but I won't do that.
1: That is yes. <laughs> Wow, that song completely just changed for you. Thanks, Aaron. It did.
2: (laughs) I'm here to help.
1: You still love that song.
2: (laughs) Now he loves it even more.
1: Uh, uh.
3: We can only have a new intro music, though, if we do a really awkward dance scene to it. We can do it. We can do it. I mean, it's an audio podcast, but we still have to do the awkward dance scene.
2: Well, as long as we're we're going to transition to video,
1: then I think we're good.
0: We are going to we we are going to transition to video just for that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, for the four of this, is there any type of dancing that we could do that wouldn't be awkward? That's fair. Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what about that Moon Knight trailer?
2: Yeah. So, uh, uh, with the Moon Knight trailer debuted. You know, they, they've been having rumors that Moon Knight was going to come out on March 30th, and I was like, that seems awfully soon. To not have a trailer, and they're like, "Guess what? We're gonna have a trailer, right?" <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the the Moon Knight trailer premiered this past Monday during Monday Night Football. How many times can I say Monday in one sentence? Um, I'm psyched. I think it, it looks, looks pretty really hot. Good, yeah. I
0: think it looks really hot. It looks like a slice of the Greg Hurwitz uh, run of Moon Knight. I, uh, which is my favorite run of Moon Knight, by the way.
3: Uh, I I I liked how it looked. A lot. I, uh, so, I know I haven't read read every run of Moon Knight. Was there a version where his costume
1: faded on him like Venom? Thank you, Wayne. No, no, no. there is not. Yeah, well, I okay. have concerns. I have concerns I after mean, watching the trailer. Perhaps more
2: recent versions. Perhaps it's more inspired by more recent versions. You know, because Khonshu tried to take over the world. You know, and maybe maybe it's coming from that. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, mean, I did. That was the one thing that I was like, hmm. But then it. It it came to me that they may be playing up the it's all in his head angle. Right,
3: crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I was wondering that too. Is it just it, his insanity? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, th-
1: that my, that could my, be just a a cut to like a dream that he is having about right. being enveloped by Kanchu, and that would be absolutely fun.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, apparently, this was was something I, that I was a little concerned by. Apparently, it's going to link in a little bit to the Eternals, okay. uh, which I which I saw last week, and is. I, I know, Andrea, and I disagree on
1: this, but I felt like it was not good. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to be wrong, Aaron. The trailer was great. Um, I, guess I, should, it,
2: I guess I should watch it before March thirtieth. I don't know. I, Something about me has not uh, has been. Resistant. I found
0: it. I found it highly objectionable. Or, in fact,
3: it took me three nights to watch the damn thing. Wow. I plan on watching it, but I really have no interest in it. The trailers just did not ever look good to me. The like, end credits were really good.
1: Yeah, my question is: Is is the tie-in going to be the Eternals, or is the tie-in going to be what happened in one of the end credits of the Eternals? And that may be it, right? Because you know the whole museum, ancient yeah. artifacts.
0: Well, and I think that's the connection: is the the you know the the Eternals artifacts and perhaps the Moon Knight artifacts are all in
1: the same place. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if that's it as well. I, I just hope with this miniseries or, or this TV show they don't lean too heavily into his dissociative identity disorder. I, I want it to be part of his character. Obviously it's, it's a key thing to him, but I just don't want him to, to lean into it too heavily and make it more about that than anything else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, that is the, the part that I, that I, I find problematic in the uh, storytelling in moon Knight because I feel like it frequently gets in the way because every writer wants to deal
1: with it his own way. And I'm like, yes. God,
0: we just did this. Yeah. You know, um,
1: and but, if Bush, if Bushmaster's in it, I'm gonna have some issues.
0: Well, you know, Bushmaster is gonna be in it. Oh my god! I mean, he's in everything. The, I, I know, think right?
2: Setting that up. Perhaps Bushmaster is set up for season two because he's not the main villain of season one. I, I based just on the trailer. You know,
0: so much of the world doesn't know Moon Knight, and True. you know, while I, I am thrilled that we're getting to second and third tier level characters in the Marvel Universe, um, I feel like we're gonna get some familiar storytelling. Uh, and I'm just hopeful that it's good, familiar storytelling. Um, I, the things that I like so much about the Moon Knight character is, is that it is very much in certain respects, Batman in the Marvel universe. Those are the stories I want to see. I don't, I don't want to see him, you know, uh, mired in the same ongoing conflict with Bushmaster, uh, nor do I want to spend a whole lot of time in his mental illness, um, I don't mind a See, little bit, of but it, I think that's—I that's I think
2: that's going to be the focus of the first season, though. I think it's—it's yeah. it's, you know—it's going to start with Steven Grant, you know, kind of uncovering this history, you know, this this Mark Specter personality, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I certainly think that a decent amount of the first season will probably be focused on that. I, I agree. Yeah.
0: I just I sometimes that can be really tedious in the storytelling, oh, yeah. and yep. I'm just hopeful that the the writers are as clever as as I need them to be.
3: See, so, for me, that's my favorite
2: part of the character.
1: Now, are are any of you reading the current Moon Knight book by Jed McKay?
2: I am not. I started it. I got like three issues in, but I mean, full disclosure, anyone who listens to this podcast knows. um, If no one else is reading it, (laughs) it falls falls to the bottom of the read pile until at some point I just stop buying it.
1: So I, I, I'm I'm not quite current, but I, I think I'm six seven issues into it, and uh, the first two three issues are somewhat uninspired by the best part of the first two three issues was him with his therapist because you know after the Conchu War. Yeah. Uh, it, the Avengers say, "Okay, look, you have to do weekly sessions with this superhero <laughs> therapist as part of us not, you know, toss you in jail." So uh, that was like the best part of the first three episodes, is him hanging out with this therapist, talking about his problems, because uh, because kind of the the foil that they put forth it was kind of uninspired, in my opinion. But around issue four. Uh, it starts getting, in my opinion, Aaron might disagree, quite good. Uh, and I'm, I'm uh, really course, enjoying right
2: it. Right when I stopped reading it.
3: <laughs> I just <laughs> want to know if the new series is going to have a French helicopter pilot that's flying around the city. Not Frenchy. yet. No. But it does, have, <laughs> it does have a vampire uh, personal assistant. Yes, he does. I
0: don't think I'm picking that one up.
3: Yeah, I'm checking
1: my uh, my
3: uh, comicology. I've not been picking up the new one. Yeah, I would remember a vampire personal assistant.
1: And t- Tiger shows up, and, you know, they reminisce about their days on the West Coast Avengers uh, around issue four, issue five. Uh, so right around there, I was like, all right, all right. And it looks like Tiger's going to hang around for a little bit. Uh, I like you know, Tiger.
0: I know Jonathan Landreth didn't care for Tigra, but I, I'm a big fan. I, I, I love Tigra. Well, the I first four
2: him. issues are available on yeah. Unlimited right now, Comixology Unlimited. So I stopped at issue three. So I'm going to give issue yeah. four a shot, which <laughs> is – I love the cover of issue four because it's um, – steve mcniven but doing his mm-hmm. best Stephen platt imitation nice. yeah um, and jed yep. mckay you know he, he wrote the excellent taskmaster series yes and um he's writing death of doctor strange right
1: now and this is not a slapstick comedy like taskmaster was so don't, don't expect to have you know last for a minute but it's it's very good storytelling and and um the The Hunter's Moon storyline that you guys will see again. I wasn't o- overwhelmed by that, but yeah. uh, once you kind of get past that into his current villain uh, that he's going up against, uh, I think it's quite good. Well,
3: you told Aaron that uh, Tiger is in there, so he's in. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's right. Also, if Cat there's Man. one thing, yeah, if there's one thing Aaron <laughs> likes, it's uh, feline-based characters.
2: <laughs> I mean, Aaron
3: does love his furries. He does. That's true. This is true.
2: This is a furry-friendly podcast. <laughs> well, so Paul, it's... I bought Strange
0: Academy Number... 15 15, but I didn't get a chance to read it But you did, I did. Tell us, Paul well, Tell us about the Strange Academy
2: Well, so, you know, Strange Academy They have spent, um, you know the, the we, We've talked about it And honestly, it is one of my favorite titles Obviously not my favorite title If you listen to last week's podcast, that's Nightwing um, But I truly Have grown to Love and appreciate these characters in the same way that, like, um, Wolverine and the X Men, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there there was that that um, academy, and you got you know characters like Brew, who kind of grew into their own thing, and really loved all the characters in that book. Same with this book, like I'm I'm, I'm the, the, these characters in Strange Academy, these kids as they grow up, uh, I've really come to to love Doyle Dormammu, you know, Calvin, I love Doyle. You know, Calvin is still struggling, you know, Calvin in the, at the end of the second arc, you know, his, his jacket almost killed somebody, you know, <laughs> and so he has lost his magic and he's trying to relearn it, but he's going about it in a very sinister way. And so they're, they're setting up for, for the climax basically. And that's what I wanted to talk about, which is um, uh, they have announced that Strange Academy issue 18 is the last issue of what they call like the first year. You know, huh. kind of thinking in Harry Potter terms. Yeah. You know, this is this is the last, the, issue 18 is the last issue of the first year, and then they're going to take a break and come back for, for the second session. So I, so mean, I, I mean, wonder if they're gonna, go if, coming back, hopefully.
0: I wonder if that'll be volume two.
2: Yeah, I would think so.
0: If they'll renumber and whatnot, because I hate the renumbering, but damn it.
2: Yeah, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, technically there is no more Doctor Strange, so maybe they're, they'll retitle it or something. I don't know. Or
1: Maybe they put on you know Strange Academy Year Two Number One. Yeah, that'd be which, all right.
2: Yeah, which I'm fine with. You know, honestly, I think um I think it's a smart. I'm, I'm actually surprised that the book is still, <laughs> admittedly, it's a Marvel book. I'm surprised it made it to issue 15 without being renumbered yet. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so and the fact that they're you know they've got a plan to take a little break. Hopefully that means you know we'll get the same creative team because I can't imagine this book without Scotty Young and Umberto Ramos you know being the creative yeah. team correct absolutely yeah Yeah. so it's a gorgeous book i I love it and i'm looking forward to you know i'm looking forward to the fact that they have a plan right and i think that's one thing that you know you don't see in a lot of just like the cylons they have a plan plan, right (laughs) so we're gonna get an end to this first real chapter of the of the strange academy so i'm I'm looking forward to that so we've got three more issues of strange academy after this week's issue which is a lot of fun you know i mean it's still a great book even though there are dark things happening and you know the, the stakes are definitely rising. Um, you know, there's still a lot of fun and uh, you know just a lot of humor in the book. Hopefully, they what?
3: actually have a plan since the Cylons really didn't. I
2: That's don't know if true. you ever.
3: Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you ever saw *Battlestar Galactica*. The plan. Yeah, they yeah they did not have a plan. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but I gotta tell you the the thing that brought a huge smile to my face this week uh, that brought me tremendous joy. Was Silver Surfer Rebirth by Ron Mars and Ron Lim. The Rons, Paul. The Rons were uh, were, were back uh, doing some Silver Surfer stuff. This book was beautiful. This book was terrific. I loved everything about this book.
2: I couldn't yeah, have the art was great anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I gotta tell you, I was like, this is
0: this is why I read comics. It was and, fantastic. Yeah, it really was just joyous. Uh, it was so much fun, and you know, it, it got me. I mean, from second from the second page, the uh, Ron Lim's illustration illustration of the Kree starship actually looks like a starship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, so many times, like I was complaining in the uh, Last Annihilation book, you know, that the that the ships in that in that book looked ridiculous. You know. And it's like nobody wants to spend the time uh, designing something that looks like it could be a spacecraft. They want to just make it look ridiculous. And uh, this is a throw. I mean, it was the design of the spaceship was not important, but it was important to Ron. And I, 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 I was immediately captured by the fact that. You know, there is certainly a resemblance to a submarine, but it looks like you know. While there are certain elements that that relate back to you know Earth's uh, uh, vehicles, it did look like a like a spaceship, and I'm just like, this is fantastic.
3: Well, I love things
0: about. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I just everything on the design aesthetic on this book, the 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 character illustrations, uh, the the settings,
3: was just so popping off the page
0: yeah the, the visual storytelling
3: is amazing great. yeah. the art looked great and when you get to that uh page where the surfer shows up uh-huh it looks like a panel from you know comics from years past yeah yeah, it, yeah. with the yeah. yellow bar up top the well, wave, little the, sparkle on his, sparkle. his head you know they've, uh-huh. yeah they've, they've, they've,
2: they've, you know I, I don't think it's i don't want to downplay the importance of Ron Mar Ron Lim and Ron Mars in the fact that this podcast exists. Right. Because the only reason Aaron and I first started talking is because we found that we had a mutual love of the Silver Surfer. And you know, that that for me, that was born out of the Ron Mars and Ron Lim run. Right. Back in, you know, what was that? The the, the mid 90s yeah, or early nineties? Yeah. You know, so much, you know, Ron Ron Lim and Ron Mars, and it's more Ron Lim, and don't get me wrong, friend of the podcast, Ron Mars is, is, you know, certainly, but Ron Lim, you know, I'm looking, his his Silver Surfer arc was at the end of the 80s. It started in in 1987. And, you know, his art really kind of, you know, when I think about the comics that I grew up with, right, in the late 80s, um, you know, I think of Ron Lim art. I think of Silver Surfer. I think of, you know, he took over the Infinity um, Storyline art from mm-hmm. um, George Perez, starting with the the sequel, The Infinity War. You know, he drew Maximum Carnage. You mm-hmm. know, the, the big Carnage crossover in Spider Man. Like Ron Lim was definitely like, you know, he, he he is my childhood. So it's it's almost like almost like a warm blanket <laughs> to to right. read a book and see his art and see his Silver Surfer and most of all to see his Thanos. You know, spoil. I mean, yeah. I'm not spoiling anything. He's on the freaking cover of the second issue. Well, <laughs> Ron, Lim,
0: Ron Lim is the guy who made X-Men 2099 so much fun. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean,
3: this is the art style I love. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's it, bombastic. It, you can see, I mean,
1: there, the Kirby influence is all over it. I just I, I love it. It's it's beautiful. And, and there is no decompressed storytelling in this book. You're a, right. A no. lot happens. Although I got to the end of this book and I was like, it, it's over already. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know if anyone else I had like that it reaction
2: so fast, right? Like, huh? It that felt like? really short.
1: I went back and counted pages. It's twenty pages, uh, by my count. But still, I got to the end and I was yeah, like, it short. I, 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 I want more." Yeah,
2: yeah, but you know, that's a that's a good thing, right?
1: We, yes. yes. Yeah. So I'm noticing a
3: trend with Marvel right now. So you look at some of the books coming out. I read uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man number one this week, and that is set between the issues back when Ben Riley was Spider-Man. You know, with no like explanation of what's going on it jumps you right into those issues like you knew what was going on silver surfer is set during a previous run dr strange brought back the dr strange from the 70s uh there's been the spider-man symbiote that was told between the pages and this big upcoming thor anniversary issue that we're all looking forward to is jumping into individual creators runs and I have to say, if Marvel is seeing this value in, you know how much we loved those old books, why aren't they looking at their current books and saying why are these not living up to the old runs?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it may be different markets, both, right? I think they, yeah. they are. I think what's happening is, I mean, you see it online, right? You know, a lot of guys our age are. Let's be open. Right? Let's be honest. Are not as open minded as we are. Right. So, <laughs> <yeah>. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so you know, whereas we are certainly fine with some of the newer interpretations of the character, like a Sam Wilson Captain America and things like that, you know, uh, or you know the, the the changes that have been made in certain characters, you know, there are certainly uh, you know a, a just as big a group of fans that aren't right they grew up oh, yeah. you know the 80s silver surfer or you know the the thor that they grew up with and that's what they want and so i think that's i think they're trying to find ways to fit both markets while still trying but you know you have to invest in bringing in new people right i think that that's what it boils down to and that's why these are your side stories and not your main stories because this is silver surfer rebirth we love it it's not going to break the top 10 you know of of sales for the for the year or or the month it's not you know it's not the book that appeals to your your new fresh you know come hopefully you know next generation of comic book reader
3: it's just sad to me because i look at the books out there now it's like i'm not reading any of the avengers stuff uh i'm not going i'm not reading any of the x-men books except for x-men uh legends because it is back during the runs i liked and i'm not going to be reading spider-man much longer either i really like continuity you know i love having all of those uh, the history there and it just feels like they want to rush out new first issues and undo everything or just ignore everything that's ever come before and i find it frustrating it's driving me away from the main big two because well, they're I... just as bad with justice league and with that The
0: thing that I find so upsetting about it is, you know, to your point, Wayne, about, you know, uh, running away from continuity is that that's what Marvel was built on. Yeah. Marvel was built on a shared universe, uh, where you know spider-man's doing something in issue 20 and in the same month the fantastic four can see him across town doing that thing you know that they were all not only were they in the same universe they were in the same city at the same time and their stories would cross over uh without having to buy you know five different crossover books um I miss those days. You know, it, it is the reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been so successful because shared universe and ongoing continuity. But it be, it gets harder and harder, and we've talked about this before for for writers to keep up with what the hell's going on. It's why we used to have yeah. the Marvel hand uh, the, the handbook to the Marvel Universe. Remember that yep. in all of its yeah. various iterations. Um, I like the continuity and I, I hate the reshaping and the just ignoring it. And you'll hear writers say, Oh, well, that's not important. Well, it's not important to you, but it's important to your, to a certain section of the fandom, which are frequently characterized as trolls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's us. I don't, I don't think we're those guys, but I do think we are those guys that really enjoyed that time and space in the Marvel universe where things were interconnected and continuity mattered. Um, I think continuity is
3: just good storytelling. Yeah, um, we're not we're not the people that are resistant to any form of change to the characters. Right. we just want to see the change acknowledged in the next series and
0: not just right.
2: ignored. Right, right.
3: Uh, yeah, the one thing I'll say about uh, Silver Surfer
0: re- rebirth is you know typically speaking when you reunite these creative teams uh it doesn't land you know you can't go home again that the the magic that they had back when they were you know uh in their heyday just just isn't going to show up again and i did not feel that in this book i i i I loved everything ron ron mars was telling me and i loved everything that ron Lim was showing me i just freaking loved this book
2: hey just just Early contender for favorite cover of the year.
0: Damn straight. I, <laughs> yeah. I made that same note. I was like, okay, you know, beat this, everyone else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, when yeah, your I, point about... I'm sorry, go ahead, Aaron.
0: No, I, I'm i just going to say the same thing I already did. So, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your
2: point about, you know, revisiting old storylines, to our point, right, you know, I, DC announced this week via Entertainment Weekly... Um, And Yahoo, that you know, for the 30th anniversary, yes, 30th anniversary of the death of Superman. Um, that you know, this year, I think it's April is when the book will be published in Justice League number 75, just like it was Superman number 75. Um, they will be killing the Justice League, and uh, you know, Bendis won't be writing the book, it's actually going to be written by Joshua Williamson. He says it's basically the third arc. Or, you know, third chapter or whatever of, of what he's been building with Infinite Frontier and then Justice League Incarnate and now the death of the Justice League. You know, it's kind of this multiversal or dark multiversal storyline that's going to end with the Justice League's death, you know. And for what it's worth, it's, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's a big you sign can for me. You hear because, the excitement. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the dumbest thing, right? Like, it, it is. And I, I hate to say it because and, and, you know, I think we're just jaded comic fans. Um, you know in in certain respects because you're not first of all didn't i mean how many times have one or more of the justice league been taken off the table simultaneously right like it just happened at the end Uh of um scott snyder's justice league arc where they were shot to the other end of the universe and everyone thought they were dead and people had to take over and blah 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 but then they came back but then wonder woman was dead and now wonder woman just came back and now i guess she's gonna re-die and it's like how like
3: yeah is she even i didn't even realize she was back because you look at the justice league comic book and it's got all of these characters that aren't actually the current versions of the characters in their books you know it's got the clark kent superman still and he's not the current superman
2: yeah it's you know, weird. wonder you know, woman it's...
3: is not the current wonder woman and these are the characters they're going to focus on and kill
2: well and, and i'm are confused and we... sorry go ahead andrew
1: we've read comic books enough that we know that none of these people are going to stay dead period exactly. so to me to to me the impact of a death of a hero is the surprise factor that you don't see it coming so when you announce in the press you know uh, well ahead of time hey just so you know, we're gonna be killing these five people in a couple months. I mean, that takes any any interest out of it because you know they're not gonna stay dead. So really it's the surprise factor for me. There's like you're like, it's it's that oh shit moment. We're like, oh shit, they just I, killed this, you know, the yeah. Justice League. They're trying to recapture
3: the gold that was the death of Superman, where even though they announced it, it still had impact. And you can't capture that lightning again. It was a perfect timing of there was a slow news day. The story hit, and it just went viral. Well, they had I mean, a we had the internet plan, to go right? viral.
2: You know, they had a multi-year plan for to bring him back, but we didn't know that. And so I think I, you know nowadays we know. Okay, there's an 18 month cycle at this point, and I think part of the issue is that the cycle keeps decreasing. Yeah, you know, the, the, the keeps shortening. You know, when when Superman died, I think it was two years before he himself came back right because right. you had the funeral for a friend then you actually had a break then you had the reign of the Superman then he right. finally came back you yeah know?
3: there were there was at least four months in what? there where there was no Superman book being published before they started bringing in the four Superman
0: yeah and if you if you look at it in terms of not just you know the character of Khalel returning but actually Superman returning to his classic uh, uniform I mean yeah it's a full two-year period. Where, you know, you've got the absence of the traditional Superman. And when he does return, he has a mullet. So, you know.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's that worth it. You know, <laughs> that's <it's>, tragic. It's, <laughs> tragic. Well, and you know, it, one of my confused, one of the most confusing aspects for me of this, you know, looking at the characters that are dying, or at least it's implied, it's Aquaman. Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, and Superman. And you know, half of those characters are pretty mired in storylines right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what like I don't the get. War like, World saga uh, is nowhere near over for Superman. Right?
0: Yeah, he is not gonna be back on Earth in April. Yeah, uh, dude, John killed... Stewart is on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, right. and hasn't Aquaman I mean, there's something weird gone on, on over in the Aquaman books. Uh, that I'm, I, I don't read, uh, but I just gather from other things like, uh, the hell, I and mean, like just
2: started a Batman arc, right. And, <laughs> yeah you know, and it's like, what is, I don't understand how this plays into anything that you're just, gonna...
0: and you know, back to our conversation about continuity over in the Marvel universe, when they killed Superman off all that shit lined up across the books, when they yeah. killed yeah. Hal Jordan off, right. When we got Kyle Rayner, all that shit lined up. Yeah. It is super confusing, and we talked a little bit about this in the funnies last week. But you know, you've got Superman who spent most of 2021 getting ready to uh, go off to uh, Warworld to uh, free uh, to, to free the people there, and. You had the Superman and the Authority book, which I thought was an alternate universe story for the longest time. But Yeah, I actually, still don't
3: understand how it's not. I mean,
0: it, well, it is, it is just bizarre because Superman looks completely different. The tone of the book is completely different. But yet it is the same group of characters going off to do the same uh, thing in action comics. Um, so none of this stuff lines up in tone. Uh, and part of that's Grant Morrison. But the other part is there is no editorial mandate that, hey, if we're gonna have something that affects the entire uh, the entire line, we got to make sure our shit's in order. And you can't do that when you've got, two entirely different threads going on in son of Kalel and action comics that's different from what's going to happen in justice league and you can't do that when batman's doing something else and if you're not going to line up your other books like aquaman green lantern and wonder woman it doesn't make sense and it's so yeah. confusing to the reader and here i am a guy who's been reading comic books since 1975 I can't follow it. How is that going to be new reader friendly when those people come in who who mistakenly believe that you're legitimately killing off the Justice League now and forever? And so they come in and they buy that first issue and then they don't understand what's happening across the line. How does that keep your reader?
3: I don't get it. Yeah. And one of the powerful things about the death of Superman, when he went off the table, Every book in the universe was impacted by it. That's right. Even it if a- it was just dealing with how that character felt about him being gone, it was something that touched on every book DC published, and that is absolutely why it had the impact that it had.
0: That it wasn't just okay, Superman's dead in this book, but we you know we still get his continuing adventures in this other book. Remember Action Comics, the book that launched Superman back in the '30s, went to a weekly. Right. And told other stories, you know, it told stories about, you know, the people in his life, but it did not continue to tell Superman stories. I mean, you had this whole period of time where Action Comics was going on telling stories that didn't feature its flagship character. That's an impact. So you had a meta impact as well as a story impact. And you don't see that kind of investment in the storytelling these days. That's that's what I find so objectionable. I, I, You know, it's a gimmick. And yeah, the death of Superman was a sales gimmick, but it worked and it was good storytelling. And that is a story that I go back and read that I've gone back and read many times. That's a story I'll go back and read again. I love
3: those books. What I love about it is knowing the full history. It was a sales gimmick, but it was also just a stalling tactic. Right. Because they weren't allowed to do the wedding because Lois and Clark was going to do the wedding on TV. And so they wanted to line them up and, their entire storyline got put on hold so like well what can we do we're on hold let's kill him
2: yeah but you know and yeah you know, on the flip side it also feels a little stupid to kill the bruce wayne batman when you have a three-hour batman movie coming out right <laughs> right <laughs> well that's that's what kills them it's yeah. trying to sit through that three-hour I, movie yeah. that, I, a who thought that was a good idea Here's a thing. three-hour batman a three-hour movie i don't think that's not, not your
1: percent. first movie I hear Zack Snyder sat down was like three hours. Why aren't you guys doing four hours? Not right. <laughs> I don't mind a
0: three-hour movie, but the story's got to warrant it, and I just have a hard time believing that Ro- Robert Pattinson's going to hold my interest for that long. I mean, <laughs> just I don't saying. Know you're
2: your third movie, but like for me, if your first movie is three hours long, like then then how do you top that for, for your sequel? <laughs> you know, like it's, especially nowadays, you know the audiences nowadays are not. You know, I mean, don't, Spider-Man was two hours and forty minutes. But that was the third Spider-Man movie. And it introduced yeah. all this multiverse stuff and all this other stuff. This is like literally just the first Batman movie. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. not going to tackle a multiverse. It's not going to have Michael Keaton Batman. You know, there's, it, all it really has to do is set up this new Batman universe. And it's three hours long. Like, for that, yeah. just make it an HBO Max TV series. Yeah.
1: I'm kind of looking forward to it still. I'm still looking forward to it. I looking I mean, forward I looking to, forward
2: it. to yeah. it, but three hours does feel excessive to me. And, 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 and I know I'm being negative because... You know, we, we went from the positivity of Silver Surfer Rebirth to all this negativity. Um, <laughs> well, but, you know, it, it feels excessive to me. I like every a long
0: trailer movie has, as long as it makes sense. You
3: yeah, know, every trailer for this has me excited. So, three hours, I don't have an issue with this. I've watched a lot of three-hour movies that don't feel like they're three hours because I'm excited to be watching them. And then I've seen things like, you know, I'm going to go back to your baby there, Paul. The, uh... Snyder Justice League seriously needed an editor because yep. it has horrible pacing issues. So
1: good. So I was good. gonna make a reference <laughs> about it. I just as long as this Batman movie doesn't spend, you know, thirty minutes with him in the future talking the Joker, I I'll be okay with it being three hours long. Ah. Ah.
3: Ah. Ah. Ah.
2: Yeah, somebody
3: <laughs> needs to take these creators and just give them editors and force it to be edited.
0: I, I do love how Paul has it entered into the show notes today the batman is three goddamn hours long
1: (laughs) and he loves the zack snyder justice league which is over four i do but
2: i was but i was that was a first of all that was seven superheroes and and it was the culmination of a multi-movie arc this is the first movie like for me i don't have a problem with a batman movie being three hours long again i have a problem with the first batman movie being three hours long i feel like i have unfair expectations
0: I, I I think my problem with it is that I am not sold on the actor, and uh, I'm not convinced of the vision of the director. Uh, I I could be completely wrong. I could go in there and go,
2: man, that was three hours short. I hope, you know? to, I hope <laughs> to be wrong.
3: Yeah. yeah the trailers I, have me so excited for this that I'm convinced on the direction of the director because it looks
1: good. I'm with Wayne. And of course, we all know that people can put together trailers that, that right. seem amazing. And, and so this could be could get in there I, and I could hate it. But the trailers have got me hooked. The
0: trailer for Highlander Two: the quickening looked fantastic.
1: I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I got to tell you, uh, I've been <laughs> off Batman for a while. Me too. Um, I, uh, I have not been happy with any of the portrayals uh, in the comics. Uh, gosh, for a while. Um and but you know Batman the Night came out this week uh with uh you know Chip Zadarsky. And I likes me some Chip Zdarsky. Um and it's got uh uh art and cover by Carmine
2: gosh dang it. Go
0: uh it. Carmine D Gian Domenico. All right, that's a good one. <laughs> I
2: was um, like, how do I pronounce that?
0: Yeah, Gian Domenico.
2: Gian Domenico. Uh and
0: so I, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna give this a shot because I knew Paul was gonna read it, and Paul gets all sullen and and uh, whiny when we don't read books with him. So true, uh, right. true, yeah.
2: yeah. Sometimes I um, when you do I mean, read books with me. God,
0: I, he just sulks, and it just brings everybody
1: Much down.
2: Like Bruce Wayne, <laughs> he wears nothing but black. <laughs>
1: he he gets he comes home with these bruises on his knuckles that he won't explain That's where right. he gets I, them from.
2: I joined the right. Fight Club.
0: He starts talking about how criminals are are a uh, a superstitious
2: and cowardly lot. <laughs>
1: we send him to see this nice psychotherapist named Hugo, and he just comes back weirder.
2: He just sits in his room watching Justice League all day on repeat.
1: I I mean, you can only work in uh, you can only work in six or five showings of Justice League in a day. I mean, <laughs> <Not
0: enough. laughs> guys, I loved this first issue.
1: It was really I, good.
0: I I was I was surprised at. Uh, how much I enjoyed it. I mean, because you know, I feel like I, I I have read the Batman origin story, you know, umpteen different times, but you know, I I feel like there's a there is an interesting take on the growth of Bruce Wayne from, uh, you know, seeing his parents murdered in front of him to
3: who he becomes, and I really like what an asshole he is.
1: So <laughs> and what, what is the, the setup
3: for this book? Because I don't even know what this book is.
1: Yeah, so, so when, you know, usually when you're watching the recap of the, the origin of Batman, you see his parents killed. You see him, you know, fall into the well within the cave and all the bats. And then suddenly he's coming back from some foreign country. And he's a, you know, badass martial artist and, and you know, masterful detective. So this is kind of focusing on what happens between his parents' death and him actually becoming a badass martial artist and detective.
0: Well, and how Alfred parents him through some things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there is a, a great bit where, uh, Bruce, Bruce in, intervenes with a bully, right. And, you know, kicks the bully's ass and then continues to punish the bully. such that the bully winds up withdrawing from school.
1: Uh, well, I, I and I would say I would say there are parts that deal with Alfred's failure as a parent,
0: yes, yeah. It's a little hit and miss.
1: yeah, it's a little hit and miss. He's doing and, his best,
0: yeah. I Alfred's doing what what Alfred does. And, you know, he's also taking lessons from uh, his girlfriend in school. Um, you know, helping there the people in his life are influencing who he's going to be.
3: Yes.
0: And I, I found this a really interesting take on the character. And, you know, I don't mind reading a Batman origin story as long as you're telling me something new. And I very much enjoyed this perspective.
1: Well, I love the fact that they focus on, in a couple different ways through Hugo and 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 Alfred and, and his girlfriend, that he's not after justice. No. He's after, he's after vengeance. That is correct. He wants to make people pay for what they've done. Uh, and, and I, I love that. I love how they're focusing on that, that, you know, he's not necessarily a good person. He's not doing it to, to bring people to justice. He's doing it not just because he's angry. He's doing it because he wants to see people suffer and pay for what they've done.
0: Have you ever noticed, uh, there to me anyway, that there's a a bit of a resemblance between the guy who kills, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne and the guy who killed Ben Parker.
1: Yeah. I think they may be the same guy. (laughs) Maybe <laughs> what, what did you think of Carmen's art, Aaron? I, I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely
0: gorgeous. Um, I, and particularly the coloring. Uh, th- there is such a mood there. There are a couple of panels with Bruce uh, in therapy with uh, Hugo Strange and the the way that the colors are like a mood ring around him. And I just, I love that take where, you know, the closer it comes into Bruce, the darker it becomes. And on the edges of that darkness are, 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 are the, the subtle, the subtlety of his rage and red uh, and really sort of, of uh, muddying the uh, atmosphere around him. I, I just, I really dug how the colors told the story of how he was feeling in those
1: moments. So, so, Paul, what did you think?
2: You know, I liked this book, um, but I'm not going to lie. I did. I struggled to get out of my own head with this book, mostly because I am also sullen and depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, because for me, um, you know, it didn't feel new enough. And I feel like I've, I've read this story, seen this story so many times. It was hard for me to appreciate this because it, it felt so repetitive of stories I've read I mean dozens of times at this point now you know the art I did think was great I did like some of the new touches and I always love you know every time I see Alfred well written it just makes me miss Alfred that much more well in the current and it's nice to
0: and to your point it's it's great to see Alfred right mm-hmm. because we don't get him in the in the I assume we're not getting him in the current Batman book no, because Alfred is deep he's deep <laughs> <D>, right yeah <laughs> But uh, I, I do enjoy seeing this younger version of Alfred where Alfred isn't all-knowing. Alfred is uh, is struggling in that role as parent. In fact, how often do you see Alfred lose his shit with Bruce Wayne? Yeah, yeah. And there's that great moment in the car where he just blows his stack. And I'm like, wow, this is new.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Paul, you get something really new when they reveal that Marvel and DC are going to do a crossover called The Crook. And it's really a (laughs) hero whose goal is to go around and do horrible things to children to create new superheroes. That's
2: right. (laughs) Just just killing parents left and right Mm. or or relatives. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked it. I liked it enough to read a second issue, Um, you know, and we'll see how the second issue goes. Uh, But I'm not quite as head over heels about it as you guys are just because, again, for me. Um, it felt a mm-hmm. bit repetitive. Surly, I, <clears throat> excuse me, Surly. I, I want to.
0: I want to. Before we leave this, I want to quote uh, Alfred's uh, conversation uh, <laughs> with with Bruce. Uh, I love you, son. And this is when he's yelling at him in the car. I love you, son, I do. But fighting in some some underground gambling ring, to what end? To become a hard man? To simulate war when others have fought them so you wouldn't have to? The men you were fighting, why were they there? Because it's all they have, a chance to make rent money, provided their their hospital expenses don't cancel out their winnings. Scarred men, uh, scared men, uh, scared men with nothing, uh, with nothing doing things most people wouldn't imagine, like the man who shot your parents for $150 in scattered pearls. Mm. Mm. I gotta just, I, the, the wow. writing on
2: that. It's good. And, and the art, yeah, that was I mean, a great scene for sure.
0: The artwork where, I mean, because you, you, if you're not reading it in the words, you're seeing it on the page that Alfred has just completely lost his shit yeah. with with Bruce. And Bruce. His expression—I mean, the, the 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 horror on his face—because Alfred's never talked to him this way. You know, Alfred's always that gentle soul who provides gentle correction, and Alfred's like, "Look here, motherfucker."
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Alfred's
1: comparing him to the guy who killed his parents.
2: That's right.
3: Yeah, Eric, that That's speech right. you just read alone is making me buy the book right now. It is, yeah, a fucking it's amazing. good.
1: Check it out, ladies.
0: I. I, I ju- I just, I am so surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And I know I'm sopping it up with the biscuit because they gave me something good on a character I love, but haven't enjoyed in several years. And so I, I was like, Oh
1: yeah. Thank you. Well, thank and you. And before we leave this book, did you guys see the ad for the suicide squad blaze at the end? That looks pretty hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Simon Spurrier, Aaron Campbell. Uh, it looks super hot. Yeah. Th- th- just that, that cover alone, uh, is uh it is, is pretty exquisite one well, in the tagline to catch a monster you have to become one some folks have a head start <laughs> paul
2: what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i mean not wrong nonetheless
0: <laughs> well uh last but not least is a book we men- mentioned last week in the funnies uh Pr- primordial number five came out i know wayne's reading it
1: uh andrew are you i am not okay well you, you should because okay. uh this is a terrific book. This is the one about the animals that go to space and come back smart, right? Yeah. yeah Uplifted. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, Wayne. Wayne. You got to talk to me about what you
0: thought about primordial number five because I've this, got the words. Yeah, <laughs> this
3: book hits me right in the feels. I oh, mean, man.
0: Smack dab, right?
3: Yeah, there's a scene in here with a pugging dog that yeah. just it, – it strikes you. Because you have this different experience where Liska, the dog, had a wonderful experience with her humans versus Abel was experimented on by his humans. And he's afraid of humans while this incredibly loyal dog just wants to get back home. And the dog is comforting the ape
0: yeah, I posted this on our Instagram stories uh, when I read it. and it's the, it's the image of the 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 uh, space ape hugging the space dog. And it's just a lovely image. Uh, it reminded me very much of that that scene years ago with Batman hugging Damien, right? I mean, it just it, it, there was just so much emotion on the page. And boy, they hit you hard with it later on in the book.
3: I mean, you, yeah, you, we you, need some vengeance for Abel. <laughs> yeah.
0: The 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 book, you know, this book has been set in the early 60s and an altered uh, history where uh, the space race is continuing. But, uh, you know, certain other elements haven't happened. We've got, uh, you know, uh, the the Soviet Union hasn't fallen, all that kind of fun stuff later on. Um anyway, it's a different world. The the humans are encouraged not to continue their 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 space exploration because of reasons. And uh, you've got various scientists who are, you know, working covertly uh, you know, to make things happen. And this book jumps to 2024.
3: Yeah, that it, was a bit I don't want to say it was jarring because in the last issue we saw the jump, right? You know, over a different period, but very Different that you have this, uh, you know, so far back and then a jump yeah. to the future.
0: Yeah, it's like a sixty-year jump in the book, and you know, I, <laughs> I it confused me for a moment, and I went back and I, I started I started the book again just to to make sure and place myself where we were. But the the it it had seemed in what we read uh previously that, you know, this was all happening in a fairly short amount of time, but you know, there's a time dilation effect with the space animals. And they return to Earth and they are not greeted friendly by, you know, the the American and Russian Air Forces. And uh it, it there is a heartbreaking moment in the book. Uh and again, you know, we're gonna need to kick some ass in, in vengeance for Abel. Yep. Uh, This book continues to get me every single time. There has not been an issue that's gone by that I haven't warmed to the book, that I haven't smiled in the book, and that it hasn't
3: forced me to emote, right? Uh, Yeah. I think one of the things that helps make it so powerful is the animals don't talk like humans. Right. They're uplifted, but it's very simple things like all bad Yeah. Well, and it's, it's from their perspective, right? I mean, just because they've
0: been given the ability to communicate, uh, you know, verbally, they have not been given our perspective. They still see the world through theirs. So, you know, the Russian dog like, uh, very much sees the world through the love of his handler. You know, his handler was gentle, gentle with him, Abel And I forget the monkey's name, uh, but you know they did not have a similar experience. You know they had very much you know uh, lab experiments that kind of thing, and they don't they don't they don't think Earth is home.
3: You know yeah. whereas whereas the Russian dog does. And Leica um, is you see the other side of that. Leica's human really does love her. Yeah, and she is still trying to get the message to her and trying to get her back and. Even as an old woman now, you still yeah. feel for her trying to get her dog back. Yep, it's a
0: great book. I I, I love this book so much. Uh, I I think the artwork is terrific. The storytelling is terrific, uh, and it's certainly aimed right at me. Uh, it's 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 a great book.
3: Yeah, I say, and that that picture, the ape hugging dog, yeah. just it <laughs> hit me. Yeah and you know the covers
0: are great I, there's just there, there's sort of a uh, mixed media sort of element to the design in the book that i very much enjoy i just like everything about it's a great book it's a great book so andrew i need you to I need you to go get caught up on
1: mean you need me hype up. you know i i spent a little time this week reading reading i think I'm the only one who, who read she hawk number one but it's no like i read wayne. it you did read it oh yeah i know it's not on the outline but what did you think about it wayne oh i loved it me too it was fantastic. <laughs> like I've never had. It, it's written by Rainbow R- Royal, R- Roal, who, who uh, from my research, the only comic book work she's done before was the twenty seventeen run Runaways, uh, and she's mainly like a young, uh, young adult author. Uh, but this was fantastic. Uh, yeah, very was- different take on She Hulk. A She Hulk
3: acknowledging that she constantly has to reinvent herself. But being frustrated that she has to reinvent herself and isn't moving forward in her life.
1: Well, yeah, and I've never seen She-Hulk be like, hold on, I'm not fighting you in my only suit on the way, you know, to, to my job interview. Uh, you know, and, and stripping down to fight Titania. And that was such, you know, it was a very different fight between her and Titania this time around. It it just it just got me right in the feels. Yeah, and we're going to have uh She-Hulk Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. They're like, they're both, you know, they can't really take their aggression out on normal people. So like, well, let's meet in an abandoned lot every couple of months and then we'll just beat the snot out of each other <laughs> and work out our frustrations. And Titania's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> if you want to arrest me, are you wanted by the police? Not that you know of. Okay. I'm not going to arrest you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Paul, I'm not comfortable with what's happened here. Um, (laughs) I feel like (laughs) like this is a
2: different podcast all of a sudden. We've
0: deviated from the outline, and Andrew and Wayne are talking directly to each other on a book that neither (laughs) you nor I I have read. It's like they have lives
2: independent. Wayne and Andy, like, I don't know that that's the name (laughs) of this podcast. It's
0: like they have lives independent of ours.
1: I don't understand. It's (laughs) it's crazy, but but the fact that Titania at one point's like, uh, uh, are are you okay (laughs) when she's fighting (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D.?
2: He's and then you know,
1: it in. you see, you know, Janet Van Dyne shows up, Jack of Hearts shows up at the end, which I'm kind of a yeah. have a big nostalgia for Jack of Hearts. So, well, and I love that Janet. Do you need a loan? Yeah. Well, and Titania asks her if she needs some money. Like, is that really your only suit? you need me to like lend you some money? <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up. The uh, book
3: was so good. I, I was very happy with it.
1: I highly recommend, uh, Paul, uh, uh, Aaron, if you want to be part of this discussion next time, maybe pick up uh, She-Hulk number two when it comes out next month.
2: I'm just, just saying. Kind of
1: deeply concerned we're going to have to go back and look at
0: the,
1: <laughs> look at the policies and procedures. That's
2: okay. All that will edit right out. <laughs>
1: so, Wayne, do you think we should let them have the show back now?
3: I suppose. I mean, they're going to edit it all out anyway. All right. Which Paul? Is- Yes, if you going. want to guarantee something makes it to the podcast, the easiest way is to say, oh, it'll let it right out. Or just leave
2: me as the one editing it. <laughs> it. So, Paul, yes, what's sir? coming out next week? Oh. What? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, from DC Comics, we have new issues of Action Comics, DC vs. Vampires, um, as well as the Superman and Robin special from Pete Tomasi and Victor Bogdanovic. Um, features... Uh, yeah, Jonathan Kent Superman teamed up with Damian Wayne Robin and Pete Tomasi, you know, wrote the the super Sun stuff. And so he's he's doing a special with them in their their current state. I might check that one out um, from Marvel. We've gotten the final issue of Death of Doctor Strange, mm. um, as well as new issues of Thor and Devil's Reign. And uh, Wayne, the fourth issue of Night of the Ghoul comes out from Comixology Originals. Nice. I'm excited. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Well, Andrew, do you want to tell them about the uh, the IOM Geek Hotline?
1: Well, yes, we would love to have your comments, your 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 thoughts. What did you read this week? What did you think about She Hulk fighting Titania? And you can call us at the IOM Hotline. As I googled the number. Uh, <laughs>
0: And no, like, I'm not Do you you to remember the phone number.
1: I, I don't because you always tell
0: me that number once again, nine, seven, two, seven, six, three, five, nine, zero, three. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win Andrew because uh, <laughs> clearly he's not working out.
2: <laughs> uh, you can also hit us up on social media. I O M geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.
0: All right, guys, we'll do this all over again, and uh, we will have a uh, meeting beforehand to (laughs) remind folks of their place. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. See ya. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.